All right, all right, all right. Welcome into another episode of Hockey Royalty, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. Today, we got a very special guest, Chris Peters, talking a lot of World Junior Championships here. Uh, so sit back and let's go. Well, how's it going, Chris, man? Welcome back to the podcast. How you been? Brandon, it's good. Uh, I've been all right. It's uh, just kind of coming down off of the World Juniors. It always seems to take me a, a while to get back into the swing of things, but uh, glad to be back and, and glad to be talking hockey. Yeah, man, thank you for coming back on. And and speaking of World Juniors here, I mean, I know it's been the first like full go at this uh, tournament in a long time, uh, you know, with COVID and, and this and that. How, how was the atmosphere? I know the the summer tournament really didn't have that pop with the fans and everything like that. How was the atmosphere this time? Yeah, the atmosphere was great. I mean, I think that the people of of Halifax and Moncton were were excited to have the tournament. The buildings aren't you know NHL buildings, so they're a little easier to fill, and they filled them. You know, I mean, there were there were great great crowds, especially for the Canada games, but even the non Canada games. Uh, you know, both semifinals were 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 packed up and. You know, both metal games were packed up, you know, so it's you know, normally you play a, a bronze metal game in front of a half empty stadium. And that wasn't the case this time around. So, you know, that was really fun to see. And, you know, I think there was just a buzz. And and you mentioned the, the summer. I mean, the summer was, you know, both from a hockey standpoint and from a fan support standpoint was just, it was, you know, what it didn't feel like the world juniors. Um, and this definitely feels more like it. So uh, it was a great experience for for me as just uh, you know somebody that was following the tournament. But I'm sure it was an amazing experience for the players who were playing in front of great crowds and 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 really uh, raucous atmospheres. So it was it was pretty cool to to be to be there and to witness that. Yeah, I, I bet, man. It seems it seems like a tournament that you have to go to at least once in your lifetime to to kind of view that. And hopefully, I can be able to to witness that there. Uh, you know, Kings fans in the past have had nine, 10 prospects to watch over this, but you know, the prospect pool is, is, is growing older and, and, you know, we only had three prospects this time. So, you know, we, we don't have to talk for an hour and a half, uh, <laughs> in, in depth about all the prospects that we're playing there. Uh, we'll, let's kind of touch base with Otto, uh, you know, Solon here. He was from Finland. Obviously a lot of people thought that maybe he was drafted a little bit too late. If he would have played more during, during the season, he probably would have been a higher pick. Right shot defenseman runs about 5'11", 187. Uh, had a couple assists in, in this tournament. Looked pretty good for Finland. What did you see from his game? Yeah, you know, I think Finland was just a really tough team to gauge overall because they just weren't very good this year. Um, you know, they, 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 they lost their opener against Switzerland. They lost to the U.S. Um, and then lose in the quarterfinals to Sweden. So it was a massive underachieving year. But, you know, Otto Salen ended up playing – a pretty significant role for the team, you know, top four defensemen essentially for, for a good chunk of it. Um, you know, he got more ice time in some of the more critical games. Um, you know, I think overall, you know, he's, he's, uh, I, I think he was drafted in the right spot. You know, I think that he was, I don't think he's, he's a, he's a high end prospect by any means. He's definitely a guy that, um, you know, is, is progressing well in Finland. You know, you never really know some of those, but, but he's, he's kind of, um, you know, uh, an average size defenseman who's only okay offensively. And I think that's basically what he was at this tournament. You know, he had the three assists, but he, I think two of those were against Latvia. So, um, or sorry, against uh, 
yeah, against Latvia. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like trying to remember remember my games here, but you know, I think that that coffee will kick in eventually. The coffee Don't. will kick in eventually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and I, and he was also one game where he was pretty darn good, um, and where most of Finland was good was against Slovakia, which was a good team in the tournament, and and Finland really had their best game um, at that in that one. So. You know, that that was positive to see. I mean, you know, the thing is, is he's an 04. He still has another opportunity to go back to this tournament next year. The fact that he was there as an 18-year-old is a very good sign. The fact that he's playing as many games as he is in in the in Finnish, you know, the top Finnish Pro League is a really good sign. So, you know, he's heading in the right direction and and we'll see kind of what happens next for him. But you know, I'd I'd imagine he played an even more prominent role next year. Yeah, uh, throwing it over to, uh, you know, Kenny Connors here for USA. He's playing for UMass right now, 18 points in 18 games, really uh, outperforming what a lot of Kings fans thought he would this year, and then was kind of a surprise add to the to, to the World Juniors. Uh, I know he had a, he was kind of had that flash in a couple games there with the two goals, uh, but most of the tournament he, you know, was kind of on, on the uh, on the bench there. What did you see from his game? Do you do you like the way he's been developed so far since the, his draft year? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I, Kenny Connors to me was always going to be part of that team. Um, you know, he he's such a versatile player, um, and and even though he's you know kind of a um, you know a later or mid round draft pick, I think that. He's he's a really interesting prospect. Um, what he's done at UMass this year is really good. Over a point year, he's been a point per game player uh, for the Minutemen. And then you know at the World Juniors, he ends up playing a fourth line role. But that fourth line was very good. They played way more than most other fourth lines would. Um, you know they played uh, sometimes they played more than USA's third line. Uh, some games they even played a little bit. They had more of an impact than the second line. Um, and so, you know, Kenny Connors had two goals in the tournament, one of which was against Canada when we, you know, the, the U S looked like, Hey, they might actually get the better of Canada here before the wheels fell off. And, you know, that made it two nothing. And I, I, he was also on the PK. And so like, he was an important player for them. Really the only bad moment I thought of his tournament was when he got kicked out of the Slovakia game for, uh, <laughs> and you know, it was just, it was a little bit late and it was a little bit, uh, um, high and that was it and they, they, he got the boot for that and had a major penalty to kill off as a result but aside from that you know, I thought he was really good in the tournament and I like the player a lot um, he's just he's a he's just such a versatile good hard-working player he's kind of a heart and soul kind of guy um, but he also has the offensive capability to produce so you know I think that he's got a chance to to eventually one day be you know a, a bottom six guy at the NHL level and um, you know be kind of one of those guys that's never a star but always effective because that's kind of what he was for USA too. I, he wasn't a star player, but I thought he was a major contributor. Yeah, you need those when you try to make cup runs, the third, fourth line contributors to come in. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, but I've been the the you know the the conductor of the Brent Clark hype train all off season. Uh, so if you want to if you want to pass to come aboard, uh, you're more than welcome to. First class <laughs> still available. Uh, but this was the big thing for Kings fans here. I mean, a lot of Kings fans, including myself, thought maybe he shouldn't even go to this tournament. Like, he should be on the Kings all season, uh, you know, wherever that may be. You know, they've been a log jam there. But he gets the opportunity uh, and and takes the most of it. I mean, I think he played a, a point per game here in the World Juniors. Um, I thought that he was what we thought he was when he was drafted. High offensive player. Uh, will make some gaps on defense. But overall, you know, a very effective player. 
kind of what did you see from Brant Clark and, and was he as expected? Was he more than expected for you? Uh, Kings fans want to know, my man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he was, I thought he had a really strong tournament overall. Um, you know, the, the production was there, the, you know, the puck movement was there. Um, he played big minutes, you know, top four minutes for them. Um, you know, I think it was telling that, you know, in the, in the key, you know, late stages and other things that they were leaning much more heavily on, um, Ethan Del Mastro and, and Olin Zellweger as their top pairing. And then Brant Clark was basically kind of that number three defenseman for them that they were able to lean on fairly, uh, fairly much as well, just because they didn't have, um, they, at various points of that tournament, Canada was playing at most five defensemen with regular shifts. Um, and, you know, Brant Clark was one of those guys. So I think what we've seen from him is his maturity, his ability to make smarter decisions with the puck, um, you know, He's he's improved enough defensively where you you're not as worried about him in that regard. Um, he's still not great there. Um, that's still going to be a challenge. And I think that that's you know they they were trying to manage kind of how they utilized him um, in that tournament. But he's getting there and he's continuing to develop. Um, and I thought he absolutely should have been at this tournament. Um, I don't think he's NHL ready. I know a lot of people saw the little glimpses at the beginning of the season. Um, but his pace still needs to improve his, he's a very intelligent offensive player. Um, but you know, you, as you mentioned, he kind of can make those mistakes that are, are, are super noticeable where it's just, he tries to do a little too much, too much with the puck. And I think that's the sign of a player that's really confident in their offensive capabilities. And that's a good thing. You don't want him to lose that. Um, he'll just pick his spots better as he gets more experience. So, you know, I think going back now, um, you know, going back to junior, having an opportunity to kind of be the man and, and play major minutes and try to, you know, contend with, with Barry is going to be a good thing for him. Um, I know Barry was trying to make some moves at the deadline to be even more competitive and didn't really, you know, make the impactful, you know, like I think they were in the Shane Wright sweepstakes and everything else. So they didn't necessarily get the, uh, the top end guys, but that, that then puts a little bit more on Brant that he's got to be, you know, exceptional. Um, so I think he's, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about with him, you know, in terms of his projection and, and where he's at. I think the thing is, is when you're the Kings and you're, you're a team that's competitive and you feel like you have a chance to, you know, to go into the playoffs, I don't think he's ready to help them in that regard yet, but I do think that he'll be there, you know, next year. And, and they have a great problem where they have just too many good young defensemen in their system to, have to, you know, basically put Brand Clark back. Going back to Barry is not going to hurt him. It's it's only going to help him. Well, I'm not too happy that I have to put away my hype train uh, in in, <laughs> in in the shed there for another off season. But I guess according to Chris Peters, I do. Uh, I guess according to the Kings, you know, he's being sent down. We'll see how he, if he gets called back up at the end of the season, uh, maybe for the AHL or and, and whatever. There, as far as his uh, offensive game, like you like you mentioned. Uh, you see him obviously engaging the play quite consistently, very aggressive uh, and confident in his game. You, I, I, th I thought it was interesting that, interesting that what you said is that eventually he'll learn to pick his spots better as as he gets older. What does that look like to you? Did you see too many like him, him in this tournament stringing his defenseman out to dry uh, or his defensive partner out to dry? Or is it just the fact that he wants to do too much or he wanted to prove himself too much in this tournament? Yeah, you know, we didn't see it as much at the World Juniors, actually. You know, I think that that was that was we saw more of the match, the maturation of him, where he's not trying to do too much with the puck. But I mean, like the thing, 
the thing that we've seen of, of him historically is 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 bad reads at the offensive blue line that leave both him and his defenseman chasing you know a breakaway the other way. Um, saw that many times in his junior career and also as, at various stages. Um, you know, sometimes getting a little too deep in the zone and and he doesn't have great foot speed, so recovery is a problem for him. Like if he's if he doesn't get back. You know, like, or if he gets caught deep and then he he's not he doesn't have the recovery speed to get back like some other you know highly offensive defensemen do. Um, the other thing too, just you know, just understanding, you know, I think he's got a better understanding of how he needs to defend with like he doesn't he, he's not a really great backward skater, um, and so he does a lot of defending from the side, which is actually not uncommon. It's actually becoming more common where a defenseman will, will maybe not turn around and face the face the guy, but it'll actually go shoulder to shoulder kind of. And uh, like Quinn Hughes does that. Um, you know, Duncan Keith actually did that for a large chunk of his career. Um, you know, so there are players that, that can do that successfully. Um, and so, you know, I think that's just, you know, basically his limitations in his skating. That's kind of some of the stuff that he has to do. Um, but but those are the things that he can work on in junior. Um, you, you, I think the only thing you'd be worried about with him going back to junior is just developing some of the bad habits that were there before where, you know, he did try, you know, making some of these passes and different plays that just ended up going the other way. But I think for him, because of his, his high-end skill level, you don't want him to be too safe either. You don't want him to just oversimplify his game. So it's just finding that happy medium, I think, um, between, you know, the 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 kind of Hail Mary plays and just the, you know, the right play, you know, or yeah. or the simpler play or, you know, using his hand skills to get himself out of trouble and not throwing pucks blindly. You know, those are the things that he's going to continue to do. And I think we're seeing that now. And I think the time in the NHL really did help like that even though he's not staying with the Kings, having had that taste of the NHL, having had a chance to play with Drew Doughty, having had a chance to be around high-level players, um, is just going to help him long-term. He's going to have a lot better of a of a time going forward here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked what I saw, and I think that it, it will yeah. progress. Um, I, let's get into what all Kings fans want to know. I mean, with – with the demotion of Cal Peterson uh, into the AHL and, and Jonathan Quick playing less than stellar would be a nice way to put it. Um, <laughs> Kings fans are kind of wanting this high-end goalie prospect. I know they they were rumored to have tried to make a move to get uh, Wallstead, uh, move back up into the first round to get Wallstead. That didn't end up panning out. Uh, and, you know, no, no really goalie prospect has kind of pushed themselves to the forefront uh, in their prospect pool. I know there's no high-end first-round goalie talent in this draft, uh, but – you know, where, where is there maybe a gem that the Kings could find? Uh, and did any, and did one of these players maybe play at the world juniors? Yeah. So, I, you know, actually this year for goalies, it's maybe it's not the, the Wallstedt, Askarov, Spencer Knight kind of goalie that you're going to see in the first round. But what you will see is a number of, of, of highly intriguing draft prospects at the goaltending position. There are a couple guys that were A-rated prospects by Central Scouting earlier in the year. I don't think they will remain as like first-round candidates, but um, one is Michael Harabal, who plays for um, for the Omaha Lancers in the USHL. Uh, is, is supposed to go to UMass, so he's on the Jonathan Quick track, apparently. Um, uh, slated to go to UMass next season. 
Um, he's a six foot six, almost six foot seven goalie um, who is extremely athletic, extremely good in his positioning. Um, Omaha is not a very good team, so he's you know his numbers aren't going to look impressive because he's getting hung out to dry all the time. Uh, but we've seen some really strong games from him this season that show that he could be a high end goalie. Um, in terms of guys that were at the World Juniors, you know I think that a lot of them are multi-year eligible players. So Thomas Millick, the goalie for Canada, not drafted, will still be eligible this year. Thomas Suhanek, not drafted. He was the Czech goalie, still eligible this year. Both of those guys are, you know, they're not the prototypical NHL size, because but again, Jonathan Quick isn't either, and he had a great career um and and is still, you know, still going and and has proven that you can do it. So those are two guys that'll get looks. One of the guys that's more in the in the mold of the modern NHL goalie is Adam Guyan, who is the goalie for Slovakia, another second year draft eligible player who had a tremendous tournament. He was the director at award winner as the top goalie in the tournament. Um, and you know, almost beat Canada in the in the semifinals. He's playing in the North American Hockey League this year, um, and has also spent some time in the USHL. He may spend one more year in junior before going to the University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, and so he's a guy that's on a little bit of a longer timeline. But if you watch the World Juniors, like wow, this guy's got a lot of tools. There's a lot there to to he, if if he stays on this track, that could be the guy. You know, that could be a guy to to grab in the second round even. Um, and so I think he's gone from you know essentially an unknown to almost a second round goalie. And that was kind of what happened with Peter Kochetkov, who's now the goalie for Carolina. He was not drafted, goes to the world juniors, lights it on fire, gets drafted in the second round. And now he's in the NHL three years later. So there are some really good, um, you know, good paths for these goalies. And so, so having, I I think that there's going to be a run on the second or third round on the goalies, the, the top end goalies of this, of this class. So, you may have to go a little bit earlier than you'd normally want to with a goaltender to get one of the good ones. Um, uh, so, you know, but that's, that's the thing. It's always, it's always a crapshoot drafting goalies. You, you know, the, the play fluctuates so much that, you know, you're never really sure exactly what you have. So um, even, you know, I mean, even Minnesota's like, well, we drafted Jesper Wallstep, but is he going to be our starter in three years, four years, five years? You know, it's, it's hard to say. Um, he looks pretty good though. So, I mean, I think he'll be, uh, but you know, like those are, those are, the, those are the things that you, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough position to acquire, um, you know, and, and even, you know, even look at, you know, Cal Peterson and, and his NHL trajectory, it's fluctuated greatly over the last few years. We thought that he'd be a number one by now. Um, and it, you know, it hasn't really panned out. So, uh, a lot of strange things happen on the on the journey for these guys, but you know I think that this year there's a good pool of young goalies to look at to say, hey, this is a position that we really need to address. There's you know four, five, six options to do it, and Trey Augustine as well, who I, I didn't talk about, but is another guy that that is you know he's a first year draft eligible um, who was playing in the World Junior Championship, and that's you know that's really difficult to do. Um, so. Maybe he's the guy too. So there's a lot of different options available um, at the goaltending position, but you might just have to draft him in that second or third round. Yeah, so that, that sounds intriguing. No, you know, high end guy, but a bunch of guys pulled right in the second and third round there. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I know people, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, he's wearing an Iowa State shirt. I'm a I'm a <laughs> Niners fan. How about Brock Purdy? What is Let's going go. on there, man? Let's go. <laughs> that kid's Brock been phenomenal. Purdy. I love it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, girl, I went to Iowa State and, you know, I, my first year there, we had Seneca Wallace and he was like a Heisman candidate and it was amazing. We had this, but Brock Purdy's the best quarterback that's ever played at Iowa State. And um, I got a chance, you know, to watch him. And, you know, he was the first, my son's first football game. He was there, unfortunately, through a game ending interception. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, like uh, game ending pick six. But I love Brock Purdy. I mean, I think that he's, he's a guy that, you know, there are a lot of, more cyclones in the NHL now or NFL now. Um, and to see what he's done with the Niners, man, it's been fun. I mean, like I'm, I'm a Chicago bears fan, but uh, I'm a Brock Purdy fan too. So, you know, being able to watch him uh, do what he's done, uh, seeing, you know, for going from Mr. Irrelevant, it's great. It's great for, for me as like a draft guy too, just watching a prospect that was drafted last in the pit. And, and then he's able to make this transition it's amazing to watch what young players can do in the right situation. That's another thing is if you put a guy in a position to succeed and you give him a George Kittle, uh, which is, you know, for us, for Cyclone fans, it's been a little bit painful watching him throw to a Hawkeye all the time. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, you put him in the right situation. Same thing with hockey players. You put them in the right situation that there's so much more that is, that goes on around a player that, that, that impacts their success or lack of success and so to see Brock Purdy just just slinging it around for the Niners, man, I've I've loved it. Um, I think he was a, the rookie of the month for December too. So I'm just like I'm all in on Brock Purdy, and I'll I'll definitely be watching the Niners with great interest uh, as long as he's on the field. Yeah, that's quest for six right there, buddy. So well, Chris, uh, thank you for coming on, my man, talking some hockey and a little bit of uh, NFL there. He is now the content creator for Flow Hockey, so go over there. Uh, you know, follow him on on Twitter. His handle is right there on the bottom, Chris M. Peters. Uh, give him a follow for all your draft coverage coming up. I know the Kings may or may not have a first round pick, depending on how aggressive <laughs> they are at the uh, the trade deadline. Uh, but thank you for coming on and talking some World Juniors, my man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, and as always on this podcast, go Kings, go! All right, once again, thank you for Chris Peters for coming on. As always, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at a bigger payout. Dra download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions may apply. See show notes for details.